Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on an emphatic 4-1 win away at Morton. Rhys Haldane, Rhys, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Um, and I, 4-1, can't wait to discuss this game. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie had to put the ball out of your net four times on Saturday. I hope you're doing okay today. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good. Nothing better than getting a good win, especially in a away game and a ground that we haven't had a huge amount of joy over the last couple of years. So, yeah, never been so happy to see four goals in my life. <laughs> and rounding off our panel this week is David Forrest. David, are you well? Yep, um, absolutely fantastic. Um, four goals at Capel. Yeah, a, a great day and looking forward to discussing it. We're going to go on to talk about where that ranks in terms of Capel away days a bit later. I said on the pod last week we normally do enjoy a visit to Capelo despite the, the sort of facilities and our recent record there. But I'm going to ask you, what before Saturday, what was your favourite visit to Morton? We shall start with you on that one. Uh, how do we think when I, I seen your message? And I, I was actually thinking we actually haven't had too many great performances there. I was actually kind of struggling to pick, but I, I narrowed it down to a toss-up between two. In terms of my, my favourite game, all-round game before the weekend of course. I think you're probably talking about when Gary Caldwell was the manager uh, I think it was uh, Dylan scored a double I think it was his last goals for us um, Stephen Anderson I'm sure scored the other I think it was 3-0, might have been 3-1 I can't quite, quite remember. In terms of a favourite moment it's got to be Tam O'Ware um, with the, the late winner and then running right across, right down the touchline celebrating in front of the Morton fans that was that was a particularly funny uh, moment. Um, Saturday absolutely trumps a lot I think it does. Yeah, the, the 3-0 win will be my favourite as well before Saturday. My mum and my now wife were in Rothsey that weekend and I got the boat over. I saw Welsh, a friend of the show, got also got a ferry over from one of the islands for Saturday's game. What a way that is to get to Morton, by the way, ferry over. Ferry back straight after the 3-0 win. I think it was, we could have had four that day. I think Spittle had a goal disallowed in the second half. That was a, that was a great day. Jamie, any other ones stand out for you? Nah, it's just those two, to be honest. Um the 3-0 game, I really enjoyed that one. That was a great game that day. And I think the goal you mentioned, the spell got ruled out. I think when that got watched back, I swear it was onside eventually as well. So kind of got done out of a 4-0 win that day. And I probably would pick the 2-1-1 over that one as a favourite just because I remember it being pretty good atmosphere in the cow shed that day. And I kind of miss us being in there, although I do enjoy being behind that goal as well. So I don't know. But yeah, definitely, like Reese said, this Saturday was blows the other ones away. It's way better. But those two were enjoyable games as well. David, I'm expecting you to say the 5-1 defeat just because it was so funny or something. I was actually not on that one. That was one I dislocated my shoulder at. Uh, <laughs> um, so no, it wasn't a great... I mean, I had a great day, but not... Uh, but I, no, I was looking at this. I, I kind of thought about the 2-3-0 the and the 2-1 that mentioned previously. I'm actually going back to the League Cup in 2014. We played them in August, I believe. Um, we won 1-0. That was the first ever time I've been to Capital and it was my sort of one of my very early away days and it was very much a a, a look into another world what established fo- uh, Scottish football grounds looked like Cause I'd, 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 like my, my local team was a junior team and stuff like growing up and that and so it was either that or it was your sort of time cast it was Pataudry stuff like that that was what I was expecting so going there the steps um, at Capital is my favourite view of anywhere in Scottish football I love being on those steps behind the goal at Capo, 
But I do I do miss the cowshed. I do miss the mutant wings banging the corrugated iron as you're going for your pie and stuff like that. Just the sheer hostility. Man Pete getting arrested at every game. It's it, it, it takes a wee bit away from it, but I would say... I see Saturday definitely trumps a lot, partly because I went with my friend Tim, um, who doesn't really follow football anymore, but was a Morton fan when he was younger. His dad was a Morton fan. He used to go home and away for years and years and years, fell out of it, has an interest. He lives next to Munns now, actually, so he's in Munns quite a bit but with us after games and that. But he sat there, and it was 1-0 up and kind of kept a lid on it because he's obviously, you know, a bit detached these days. But as the goals rained in and everyone is, like, singing and jumping and dancing, Mark has his top off, and he's sitting there with his face tripping him as he kept going in. It was absolutely glorious. I absolutely loved it. So, yeah, I think this one has to be an all-timer in terms of capital for me. Get well soon, Tim. Uh, the only other game I'd shout out, I was I can't remember the year. I was a kid and Johnny Toffey saved a really, really late penalty right in front of the, the wee Dublin end. And it was a nil-nil draw, but the sort of moment of Toffey saving the late penalty was almost as good as, as a late winner. Um so that's the only other one I can I can think to shout out. We'll take a look at Saturday's game then. I don't think there was any surprises with the unchanged starting eleven. A few new faces back on the bench was Edie Williams made it back onto the bench. Were you quite happy with the, the team sheet when you saw it on Saturday afternoon? Definitely. Um, like we said last week, I, I couldn't envisage any changes being made. Um, and, and that was vindicated with a great performance. So, yeah, absolutely. I was delighted to see Stanway keep his place. And, yeah, very good starting 11 and uh, quite a healthy looking bench. Jamie, are you in agreement? Any changes you'd like to have seen? No, to be honest, I was happy that the 11 was kept the same. I thought Stanway performed very well on the home game against Queen's Park and was unlucky to get booked that day, I thought. And I thought, he was outstanding on Saturday. He was my man of the match, to be honest. And yeah, I wouldn't have made any changes. So I'm glad to see. Hopefully, that's a bit of consistency with the team now going forward. And yeah, good start, eleven. David, we'll get the the negatives out of the way first. How concerned were you when Robin Muirhead's free kick at the back of the net on about when would that have been? Twenty past, twenty five past three. Yeah, it was very concerning. I mean, Jamie was a couple of rows in front of me, and I went up to him, and we both said the same thing. We both predicted that is going in, like like 30 seconds, 45 seconds before he took the free kick, you just knew straight away it was going in. And Robbie Muirhead, I mean, will he ever learn? I, I don't think he will. <laughs> what could possibly go... He's the most what could possibly go wrong footballer in the championship because every time he gets up his... And then has to take an absolute clattering afterwards. Good luck to him, but um, I mean, come on, like it, it was, it was very concerning. It's just the way that we set up, and the way, the way that Sneddon was positioned. You could just, you could see it a mile off that it was going in, and it was, it was a, a roll into the goal. It wasn't even like some screamer from twenty-five yards out. It was a rolling effort, and and yeah, it was. It, it was not great. Um, we were, I thought we were generally quite poor in the first half. It just felt that we were experiencing prime capital ball and we would just have to knuckle down and try and get something. And yeah, it looked pretty bleak for once that goal went in. You just, you just didn't think they were getting back into it. Gladly proved wrong, though. I think you're right. Obviously, Muirhead a fanny, right? We'll talk about him in a minute. I think you're doing him a little bit of a disservice with the free kick. He's scored a similar one at Firhill last season, which was from further out, but at the goalkeeper's side as well. And I gave Mitchell a bit of stick last season because I thought he should have saved that at his side. 
I think this is a better free kick, but I'm still not 100% sure about Sneddon. I think the problem is the free kick's so close to the box and he's only got a four-man wall and he's lined it up. Morton are quite clever, so they've got a left footer and a right footer standing over the free kick. So Sneddon set up his wall for the right footer and Muirhead's obviously left-footed. So Sneddon, is, if, if it's only Muirhead standing close to the ball, I think the wall is more to Sneddon's right and Sneddon can then have a starting position further to the right. And then he'd probably save it. So it's clever for Morton. I don't think the wall was positioned ideally. And that meant Sneddon's starting position was in the middle of the goal rather than another step to his right where maybe he could have saved it. So I think that was maybe not ideal. But uh, recent terms of Robbie Muirhead, will he ever learn? Yeah, uh, I think he's, he's past the point of learning. Um, you know what? Fair, fair play to him. It's a, it's a decent goal. Um, like you said, I don't know if... I'd, I'm not going to say... Sneddon should have saved it. It was just down to his positioning, and it's one of those ones that was actually too close to him that it's went. It almost looks like it's kind of gone through him, but it's just that step, and it, and it's done him really. Um, on another day, you like to think Sneddon collects that, but okay, it was a, it was a decent strike. He got a lot of power behind it, but you, you know he's never going to get up up and over the wall from that distance. So, um, rubbing your head. Just, Fanny, an absolute fanny of a guy, and I don't understand. Like we say this all the time, it's always the guys who shouldn't hate Thistle that do hate Thistle. Like, see, see if Robbie Muirhead didn't act like the way he does when he scores against us, nobody would bother the arse. He was pretty irrelevant for us, and in fact, he scored a couple of decent goals, which is fine. Like nobody ever said he was that shite. He was just a bit of an, an irrelevant player for us. Um, but he made a rod for himself by acting like a ticket every time we play and inevitably ends up with egg in his face. So I long may that continue. If he wants to keep doing that, then I'm happy for Brian Graham to get the better of him. Jamie, in terms of the other sort of dodgy moment in the first half, do you think Harry Mellon was lucky to stay on for the, his first booking? Honestly, yes, because when the referee gave it, I was fully expecting red card to come out. I was pretty glad to see it didn't. But then and I think it's kind of funny the way it ended up working out, because I think in the second half his booking was actually really, really soft. But in the first half, he was lucky to stay on. I don't know if that was just the referee realising at halftime or being told at halftime that he should have sent him off. So he's seen the opportunity to try right or wrong or something along those lines. But yeah, that's probably the only other negative you can really take from the game because it's frustrating to lose Milne. I was hoping he would miss the cup game next week, but it's looking like he's going to end up missing the air game, which is kind of annoying. But I suppose it's a big chance for Nguyen to step up and you'd imagine he'll start the Queen of the South game and would probably start air away as well then, assuming the Milne suspended. So it's a chance for him, but it's definitely a blow to lose to Harry Milne. I don't think it was his best game on Saturday, regardless of the red card. I don't think it was his best game on Saturday. I don't think it was terrible or anything, but I wouldn't say he was up to his usual standards. But it is what it is. It's not great to lose him, but I don't really want to put many negatives on what was a fantastic day overall. I think you've summed up his, his red card nicely, Jamie. I, as soon as the ref blew out, I said, oh, he's going to send him off. I was quite surprised he didn't. But... You get those when they're sort of in the middle of yellow and red, so your next fill, you're off. You get that at corners if the ref's not sure if it was a, a corner or a goal kick, he gives a corner, you'll just give a free kick. It's basically refs just sort of looking after themselves, really, because the second yellow was soft. But I think we maybe got away with one in the in the first half. David, I don't know if you wanted to come, come in there for a, a, another a, a final jab at Robbie Muirhead. I was, gonna, I was actually going to give a, 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 wee, a wee bit of praise to Robbie Muirhead in that Fair play, like I, I, I wholeheartedly respect his commitment to absolutely just trying to wind us up. He is a panto villain, right? He is like, so, he is so panto that I, I can't enjoy it. Like, it, as you say, like if he didn't act like that, nobody would bother their arse. But he does act like that, and you kind of have to respect it. It's kind of like 
kind of like Paul Payton, who is a massive dick. However, like, you know, he, he does it in such a way where it's just kind of quite funny and you have to respect it and go, yeah, he is a massive dick. But at the same time, there's a craftsman at work here. You know, he has an art and he, he's perfected his art of getting it up us for some odd reason. We'll have a look at the game itself then. Reese, I'll start with you. Do you think we, we were good for the 4-1-1 in the end? And do you want to just talk about the, the standout performers? Yeah, in the end, I think we were good for the 4-1-1. Uh, first half, I did think we started quite slow. I know Davis kind of touched on that already, but obviously Morton going 1-0 up. And I felt as if we just needed something to get us in the game, whether that be a, a strike from distance or, or just something out of nothing and that's kind of what happened really when when McEnroy a wee bit of brilliance from McEnroy flicking it over to to Lawless and he's flicked it over the defender's head and he finds himself one-on-one that kind of just came out of absolutely nothing so yeah that got us back in the game it kind of it put us into the ascendancy um I thought in the first half uh, Fitzpatrick got past marks and I thought that Stuart Bannigan was outstanding it's the best I've seen Banjo for a wee while um like I say we did start slow but Bannigan was all over the place and, and he was the one that was standing out for me um, I know that sometimes he can come in for a bit of stick or he kind of goes under the radar with the work he does, but I thought he was it was brilliant. But yeah, into the second half, I thought we were, we were well worth the 4-1-1. McEnroy was everywhere. He was unlucky not to um, to get another goal, to get a, a, yet another goal involvement as well with it when he hit the post. But obviously he came off, introduced Scott Robinson. And I thought a brilliant cameo from him. Great. It, it was a, played a big part in, in the second and third goal, as did Jack McMillan. Both of them were brilliant. And, and Brian Graham does what Brian Graham does. Uh, it took a bit of stick from the Morton fans, and and then and he's our Robbie Muirhead, and and he got the last laugh, and it was it was absolutely brilliant. And I've mentioned on pods before, like there's certain games you go to, and when things are going in your favour, like Adelaide's goal was that is brilliant. It's so satisfying to watch because it, it just gets played a ball over the top for the halfway line. Knocks it on with his head, goes to shoot with his right, chinks in his left and, and puts it top corner. Just oh, so satisfying, sits the defender down. But when you watch uh, Ewan Waddle's um, game day video back, you can actually hear the laughter from the crowd. And whenever that happens, that's when you know it's an all-time and away day. See when it goes from jubilation to sort of delirium and people are just absolutely howling. Like that's when you know you're having a, a great day and and honestly it was it was an absolute belter, sun scorching, which is not always the case in Greenwich. So yeah, very, very well worth our, our three points. And it's one of the games that you kinda didn't want to end. You, you wish there was another half to go, but uh, absolutely brilliant and all the players coming over to the fans at the end. It's just a really good day and, and hopefully now it can sort of kick start our season. We've, we're building a wee bit of momentum, two wins on the trot. So long may that continue. Jimmy, who stood out for you on Saturday? Like I mentioned earlier, I thought Ben Stanway was fantastic on Saturday. He was my man of the match in the middle of the park. I thought Bannigan as well had a very good game. He was very composed, picked up the ball a lot, won the ball back in situations as well. I thought he was great. God, give Graham his credit. He was brilliant, I thought, as well. Getting two goals, two quick fire goals as well. Might be the fastest double I've seen Fissel score. I know we've done it once or twice. We've scored back-to-back goals quite quickly, but I think it's probably the quickest double I've seen by an individual player. The whole team was good. Jamie Mellon as well, as per usual. I mean, when does Mellon ever have a bad game? But him bombing up the line for the third goal was brilliant. We won the ball back, quickly moved, and he just runs the length of the pitch and puts that ball in. And Robinson as well, who I thought did well off the bench. That was a great flicked header as well for that third goal. And especially someone who's been out injured so long, he deserves some praise. He's looked pretty tidy since coming back. And yeah, I really wouldn't say there's a failure from anybody on the pitch. And oh, as well, Lawless as well, another Rolls Royce performance from him, I thought. Clever flick for his goals, clever finish as well, I thought, and 
yeah, long may it continue. Absolutely. I, th- I thought the key, as sort of Reese touched on, was was the sort of Stanway and Bannigan uh, pivot midfield with the two of them sitting deep and that really protected the back four. They were so energetic and they were both really good in the ball. I thought Bannigan especially was really good in the ball and I'd say Stanway especially energetic and at breaking up Morton's play as well. And that really helped out the two centre-backs. I think last season we struggled on each visit to Capolo physically. Um, and it wasn't due to like uh, the sort of personnel on the team. It was maybe just due to the setup. But yesterday the setup sort of protected the back four. And everyone in the back four, I thought, coped well defensively. I know Milne maybe didn't have his best game going forward and was lucky to stay on. But the two centre-backs I thought were really good. As you've mentioned, Jamie, Jack McMillan, really good as well. And Brian Graham, I don't know if maybe Doolan said something to him at halftime. In the first half, I was a bit concerned. I think Alan said last week. He didn't want Graham to get involved in a game where he's moaning at referees and fighting centre-backs. But, and he was maybe getting dragged into that a bit in the first half, but the second half, that was that was peak Brian Graham. That was Brian Graham's absolute best. He was absolutely loving it. Jamie, you're working back in. Yeah, I was just going to briefly mention, just because what you were saying about like, Graham getting dragged into a game, I mentioned that on Twitter as well, that I thought you know, most of the time we go to Capelo and we're dragged into like a horrible game of football when it's... The ball's in the air all the time. It's very, very physical. We get kicked off the park and it's really, really frustrating to watch. We don't get to play our stuff. And I thought the first half hour we were just getting dragged into another one of those games. It's kind of like, here we go again. But I thought the way we came out in the second half and really insisted, and especially we ended the first half at this as well, probably from the losses goal onwards, we started to really get the ball down and play our stuff a lot and didn't get dragged into the way that Martin wanted us to play. And you, they, you, know, you could see they couldn't deal with it once the ball wasn't just getting blasted in the air all the time. And we had it on the ground. We were passing it around them and, getting it by them and breaking up their play quite easily. And that's very encouraging to see, I think, because teams of the past really struggle to do that at Capelo. And that's the kind of thing you want to be doing, going to these tough venues and actually still being able to play your game and not getting dragged down to an eyesore of a match. David, I'll ask you a first and listener question then. Alan McMillan's asked, how will the changes in format to the Champions League affect us in two seasons' time? It's a question on all our lips, isn't it? About, you know, we're going to be, I mean, obviously I'm 66% confident we're going to win the championship this year and then the premiership next year and then the Champions League afterwards. I think the new Swiss format, it, it, it gives us more, it gives you more away days and, you know, more interesting teams. You get a, a broader mix of teams as well. I, I think it will probably work in our favour a little bit. I think we'll go in in that competition underdogs, but, you know, other big teams are going to be playing big teams, you know, we're, but we've got chance against sort of people in the same sort of sphere as us. Um, I think I think Europe should be taking notice, to be honest, but I, I, I think that it's going to work in our favour. Who stood out for you on Saturday, David? Um, Lawless, as mentioned, uh, Lawless was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, re- I really enjoy Brian Graham. Much like I said about Robin Muirhead earlier, um, it is funny how much he winds Morton fans up, but he's less of a sort of in their face with it. He's just kind of his existence annoys everybody, which is really funny. I did enjoy the fact that his first goal was basically a tap in at the back post. It, it really showed his sort of scorer's mentality, the, the two goals I thought. He was outstanding. Yeah, Graham and Lawless are fantastic. But I just thought it was a, a really assured performance. It's really encouraging to see us, you know, when we're struggling with something, turning round and changing it up and it working. And that, especially at a place like Capital, you know, we've talked to famously, it is really, really tough to go to and they, they have a game and it's really tough to break down. Um, one thing I did enjoy, you mentioned about lumping the ball up. Uh, there, was a, there was a moment in the game Snedden hit a cross up. It was quite. It was basically a big long ball right up the pitch, and it was a good idea. There was a guy right. There was a guy through, but a Morton player got 
face to it basically beforehand. But it was the right idea, and it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. There's a guy behind me, an old boy who was just like moaning, "You need to play it in the deck, play it from the back, and all that." And just going off about how this is terrible and all that. And then his second, like, literally about 45 seconds later, it came back to his and He played it out from the back on the day. He goes, just limp it up the pitch, for fuck's sake. You, you just can't see she, these people. I just found, I found it very funny. But um, no, I think Graham was all around fantastic, especially because he screwed the nut and actually wisened up a little. And Lawless was great as well. Lawless is just in such a rich vein of form at the moment. It's so good to watch. Reese, do you reckon back in there? Yeah, one thing I was want to touch on um, as well. So, like, you know what you get from Morton? Morton are never going to play football, really. Like, they could change their manager. They could change all 11 players in the park. They're still going to play the same way, and they have done for since records began. So, I, I remember in, like, the, the fifth minute of the game or something, Muirhead leaves one on, on Lewis Nielsen, and you're thinking, oh, that... He's obviously Doug Emery's taught to, to get in there and, and rough them up a bit, and I was I was interested to see how that battle would go. So, considering the goal that we conceded was a, a close range free kick, I think I think I want to just give a wee bit of praise to Muirhead and Nielsen again. I thought they defended really well. Um, you know what, like they'll throw in all sorts of balls and it and it wrapped around your head, long throws, corners, hoof balls into the box, and I, and I thought they stood up to that really well. And, and then it was very un, uncharacteristic of, of Thistle because Harry Mung got sent off maybe around the 76-78 minute mark. Um, and you're thinking to yourself at that point, if, we, if they score a goal here, we'll wobble and it's, it's free each written all over it. But the, no, they just we soaked up their attack and, and it was pretty pretty comfortable. Uh, it didn't really look like we were going to concede. And then obviously we go up the other end and get a fourth. So that was that was very un like and 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 I absolutely loved it. It was it was yeah. Just thinking back to it, it was really really good. And I honestly I hope we can see a lot more of that because I think that the defense was brilliant. And I know that we've obviously spoke a lot about are we going to get uh, a Mulgrew and are we going to get another centre half? And we don't we don't know. There's still another month left of the, the sort of the loan market to go. Um, and, and I probably would like us to to add another defender still. Just gives us that option. But yeah, Muirhead's done himself done himself no no tr- troubles at all because he's been brilliant the last two games and. We'll probably see we see to come in and get a run. Well, we definitely will. Lewis Nielsen's away in international duty, so be good to see if he can if he if he can sort of match those levels because the defence have been great the last couple. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Reese, on the two centre backs. I think they they stood up really well. I think as well as a team, I know we've praised a lot of individuals. I think as a team, uh, we I think we spoke about a couple of weeks ago about the the record that we have. It's been four years since we came from behind at half time to win. I know we weren't behind at half time, but to go a goal down at Capelo when Morton were on top of the game at that point and then come out with it come out of it with a comfortable and emphatic four one victory, I think it's really impressive. It stands us in good stead. It shows a really good mentality that we've got. I think maybe in seasons gone by when that first goal went in, a second for Morton might not have been been far off. And even at even at one one it took us a, a while from one one to get the second. And Morton did have chances. Maybe we rode our luck a little bit. But I think the, the sort of mentality in the team at several different points in the match was was really, really good. Jamie, I'm going to come to you on our next listener question. Jack Meadows is it's not really a question, he's just praised Crystal and subs. He said that after he got criticised in the first couple of weeks of the season, it's good to see him get the subs right. I know you were critical of him the first few weeks of the season, and you, you weren't on last week's pod when when I did say that he got the subs right. What have you made a deal on subs in, in the last couple of weeks since you last spoke about them? Yeah, I think they've definitely been improved. Like you made the right subs on Saturday. I thought I had Lloyd came on at the right time for Graham. You could see Graham was cramping up 
as much as you know, Graham almost wants to go and get a hat trick. I think taking him off, avoiding getting any stupid injury was the right thing to do. And Gwenya came on, made sense because they might have been sent off. But Robinson coming on at the time, you know, I wasn't sure about taking McEnroy off because I, you know, I always think he's a pretty big goal threat that we've got. He just hit the post as well moments before, but Robinson coming on, you know, he's the big flick on for the third goal and just was all round play was pretty tidy and maybe McEnroy was getting tired, I'm not sure, but all those subs worked out well and I think especially with the week before as well, I think subs were good at uh, the Queen's Park game. I don't have any complaints about that and I wasn't a couple of weeks ago saying the Dillon subs were terrible or anything, it just made me really think with the Airdrie game those subs were a little bit baffling and the subs in the opening day against Rafe going two up top when we were already 2-0 up was a bit strange as well, but he's still obviously he's very, very fresh manager, he's very new, he'll be learning on the job as he goes and you're going to end up making mistakes in some games with subs, but the good thing is it's not been consistent mistakes. He did it in two games, but then the last two games, there's been zero complaints about the subs, and I do, I still trust him completely, and I'm glad to see that things are improving. Obviously, the, the Scott Robinson substitute was probably the standout one, because he's been brought on at 1-1, and three minutes later, we're 3-1 up. I think he deserves a shout-out. His header for the, the third goal, which was Graham's second, that was a fantastic header. That was so clever. Uh, I think that showed his experience. I think a lot of players in that position would especially just on the pitch, might have tried to score themselves, but to, to flick it on to Graham, that was a brilliant bit of play by him. I called Chris, well, I said that Chris Tolan's inexperience was maybe shown a couple of weeks ago with his, his handle in the Williams. I thought the subs, especially, the, see the play to bring Nguyen on and then wait a minute to bring Adeloy on, so you're doing the subs in, in different windows, and that really slowed down the game and we're 3-1 up and a man down at that point. I thought that showed real experience. I thought I was really clever from Dolan. Uh, Brian Graham going down as well. Just it just sort of took the sting out of it. It was a chance for the Morton, the Capital crowd, to get up, and Doolan took the complete sting out of it by doing those substitutions like he did, uh, like an experienced manager would. So I think he does deserve a lot of praise for that. And Adeloy coming on with a, a sensational first goal. Not many first better first goals for the clubs than that. David, I'll come to you now. Where does this now compare on your favourite trips to Greenwich? Is it is it number one? I would say so. Yeah, it was. It's. Yeah, definitely, because, I mean, like, going back and going the last year or two has been completely different to before that, so I've really enjoyed the last year or two of away days, but we've not had a proper defining capital away day in that time. I mean, I think the most memorable one we had was the um, the 0-0 in the rain um, on a Tuesday night. That was horrendous. Um, so, no, absolutely. I think this year as well, I think, in general, the sort of Fissel-Morton rivalry they, they, they probably are the closest we have to a derby outside of maybe air, but now that McCall's left, it's not necessarily as bad. But yeah, absolutely, just 4-1. And Adelaide coming on and scoring that goal, I, oh, you know, I'd have put my life on that defender, taking that ball off of him, and he's just absolutely effered him and scored. And it was just, it was such a, such a good move, it's such a simple move, and he did it, and then, it scored. It, it just it looked like the most logical thing in the world, but it's just something we don't see very often. But no, definitely like in terms of a day out, we had like the Norseman and stuff like that before. But like in, in terms of the game itself, I don't think I, nowhere has come close to that one on Saturday. I totally agree. We spoke a couple of weeks ago, David, about I get really up for the games when home clubs fuck about with tickets and, and sort of do over away fans I'll just widen the scope to, to home clubs treating away fans like shit uh, I think well I, I don't think this is exclusive to Morton but it's it's all it's all online tickets which I think it's a few folks back up 
that's not a problem. But then you go in and then this one food van serving the entire away end, which only takes cash despite it being an online ticket gate. That takes forever. They don't sell pies, which as a pie enthusiast is an absolute outrage. There's no hot drinks available to away fans. There's very limited option of drinks at all on a roasting hot day. And then you've got the issue of getting into the stand. They're the most miserable bastard uh, stewards lining that entrance to the main stand. Uh, my mum and uncle were sitting in the main stand and I went in behind the goal to chat to a few people before the game and about 15-20 minutes before kickoff, I went to go and sit with them and the woman was just trying not to let me in. She was like, oh, I'd really encourage you to go and stand. There's hardly any tickets left. And I was like, no, my mum and uncle are in there. I'm going to go in. You, you let them in like 20 minutes ago. Oh, no, but if you can stand, you need to stand. I've got no, I've got hardly any tickets left. Rolled her eyes and she gave me a ticket. Went into the stand. There was about 20 people in, it, in about 200 empty seats. Get it round all of them. Get it round Dougie Emery, the worst pair of trousers I've ever seen. He was absolutely raging on, on Saturday. And you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Get it right round them. Reese Craig Russell has asked, would we rather have a league game next week and go into next week with a bit of momentum in the league? Or is it a good thing we've got a week off with with uh, Nielsen away and some others out injured? Uh, what are your thoughts on having Queen of the South in the Cup? Yeah, for me, we, we definitely would prefer it to be a league game. Like, like I say, we're building a wee bit of momentum now. And to be fair, I, I do, like we always say in this podcast, we would actually like a, a cup run in that competition. We've we've sort of been deprived of one, and, and we know how much a good day it can be when you get to the final. So it would be nice to, to go and make a make a run at it. But I, I was thinking about it today when I was at work. I was like, oh, like, you know what it's like after off the back of a fizzle win? You can't wait for the next game. It, you know, it's, it's Monday and I'm already buzzing for Saturday. And I, and I forgot it was sort of Ramsey's Cup duty. And then when it just, when it when I remembered, I was a bit, a bit gutted. But it's, it is what it is, you know. And it will actually, it'll be valuable minutes for guys like Adeloy, probably Wes McDonald and Gwenya to, to get them a run out and get them some minutes. I, I expect Scott Robinson probably get a start as well when, and, and you know what, like we say, we would like a cup run, but if you go and get beat, it's not the end of the world. This is where you need to give guys a run out and, and let them sort of find their feet and improve to be a good option for us because we've made all these signings and we actually haven't seen a lot of them get some game time. You know, five minutes, ten minutes at the end of the game, it's, it's not enough. And, and obviously Adelaide done really well with his chance and he, he only got five minutes and he looked really good. So I'd, I'd quite like to see him start. Graham probably would like to start as well so even if we played two up top just to see how that would work out for us and maybe sub Graham off at half time or get, get players the arrest that they need so yeah I'm looking forward to it in terms of getting to see a bit of a rotated squad but at the same time I do wish it was a league game just to build a bit of momentum get us nearer to the top I'll stick with you for now Reese. I remember this time last year we went to Falkirk and Ian McCall made nine changes and that was a time where we were sort of waxing lyrical about the squad depth we had and that night was maybe found out that it wasn't quite as good as we thought but would you like to see that sort of level of changes, nine uh, or do you think it would be maybe four or five? How many changes do you think Dylan will make? Well, I think that a couple of them will be enforced. Like I think obviously you need to play with Siri because uh, Nielsen's away. Um, but then the guys that are going to come in, like Adelaide is a proven striker at this level before, and you've seen it took its finish at the weekend. I mean, the, the changes that we had for the, the Falkirk game was a bit different. You had Cammy Smith coming in, which it, it was, he wasn't in the picture at that point, and you had Tony Weston starting up front. And, and let's be honest, like he tried a lot, but it was still like a wee boy. Um, but if you don't have that problem, we had Adelaide's got bags of experience. So, and, and Wes McDonald looks a bit exciting. So I'm, I'd happily 
like to see those players get a run out. Um, at the same time, I don't like to see a, a full different eleven. You know, it's, you've still got a weekend between games. It's not like we're playing on the Tuesday. So you need to keep the players with the momentum. And, and you're probably going to see Jamie Millen will, will, will keep his place. You know, he, he almost plays every minute for us. So guys like that will still be playing. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Bands are still playing. I'd, I'd quite like to see Stanway keep his place, but uh, I, I'm happy for, like I say, McDonald. I'd like to come in, but I do not want to see Blair Alston start. I've not got time for sentiment. I want to win this cup. <laughs> so, no, we're not having Blair Alston get a game. Jamie, where does the, where's the line drawn for you in terms of wanting to progress and wanting to see changes to the team? Who do you want to see? I agree with Reece. I want to run in this cup. I know people have caught a diddy cup. It doesn't matter what kind of an inconvenience is treated like sometimes as well, I think by managers and stuff like McCall last season for example I remember even saying the post-match but yeah we, we have our priorities so it clearly wasn't that bothered by it cup final day out would be class I mean the Queen of the South one years ago people still talk about it was been a good day apart from the result obviously but the actual day itself something like that would be great again so the league is the focus I'd like to see some changes like we said Basiri will very likely come back in it's probably good for him to get some game time anyway after two weeks of the team um, and Gwenya will come in as well, probably. I don't know if Milnes... I'm still not 100% sure which game Milnes has been before, but I'd quite like to see Nguyenia get a start. Robinson, we could see him get a start as well, because he's kind of catch, playing a bit of catch-up after being out injured. Stanway and Bannigan, I think, will probably stay as a midfield too, but I'm not sure if Williamson's injured or not, but if he's not, if he's back, then maybe we'll see him come back in. I'm not 100% sure. Like Reece said as well, Wes McDonald and Adloy, I think they'll both probably start, and then either one of Lawless or Fitzpatrick will start on the other side. Yeah, I don't see many other changes. You could maybe argue for a James Lyon or a Xander McKenzie, but I don't think we're going to see too many wholesale changes to the squad. Maybe three or four, five tops changes and keep the rest the same. Now, Harry Mellon's available for Saturday, but won't be available for the air game. David, what about you in terms of, of changes? Anyone you'd like to see get a start on, on Saturday? Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to potentially seeing Wes McDonald's get more than a sort of cameo role at Airdrie. Um to be fair, I'm also looking forward to seeing more of Scott Robinson, hopefully, because, uh, as you said, I thought he was really, really good on Saturday, and I think a lot of people have maybe forgotten about him or written him off a bit you know, with fitness, because he's been completely persona non grata until <laughs> this week, but I think that, yeah, I, I would really like to see Wes McDonald. I think that there's a player in there, from what we've seen of him in sort of like limited YouTube highlights, obviously pinch assault. There, there looks like there's a player there, and I think that this is a perfect sort of game for him to get his teeth into and maybe try and bring himself to the fore. Um, I agree, though. I don't, I don't want a McCall at Falkirk last year where we just put out the wains and like you know all the players that couldn't get a game. I, I would like to see some sort of cohesion. Um, and like I think we we talked before about how Dolan didn't really have a set 11 and I think he is getting to the point where he has a set 11 now and it's a shame that it's a challenge cup this week purely because it would it would be good to be able to kind of continue that on so who knows I think it might be a bit of a half halfway house with that but we need to win it we need to win the whole thing I've, I've got the pod already planned out in my head we're going to Bala Town we're going to Cliftonville we're going all over the place we're the Jags on tour we're winning the cup well I'll stick with you David how disappointing is it that it is Queen of the South at home I was talking to friend slash enemy of the show Duncan Rayburn earlier about his trip this weekend to Bala. Um, how disappointed are you that we've still not managed to, to swindle an away draw uh, outside of Scotland in this revamped Challenge Cup? 
I know. I mean, at least if it was at Dumfries away, you could go to Carlisle and just pretend that you're uh, on a European away day and then get the train back to Car- uh, Dumfries from Carlisle. But um, no, I, it's similar. My, my friend Stefan, uh, who came to the QP game with us, um, he's a QP fan. He went to Clifton Villa a few years ago. Um, the second the draw was announced, I texted him a fuming, raging text about how they got another daft away day in the Challenge Cup and we get bloody clean in the south at home um, however good, you know it's not all doom and gloom Matt because I'm going to make a bold prediction right now we will get uh, an away day in Wales or Ireland in the next round and do you know why? Because we're both in Spain Yes, exactly, because we're both in Spain. I guarantee you. But so, um, I hope that um, I hope the Manpreet Express has a great day out in Ballatown. But um, you know, I, I there, there is. I have thought about it. I have been like, what if we do draw them? Like, and that's, that's my question. That's my question. What draw would force you to cancel your trip to see Scotland play in Spain? Oh no, no. I'm thinking, what's the easiest um, place to get to from like Madrid Airport? A wee Madrid to Belfast shuttle run would be quite good. And Ballatown, absolutely no chance of, of being able to do that from Spain. But are you saying Madrid to Belfast wouldn't be doable? I mean, Linda would not be happy in the slightest iota about having to go on another. Fl- we've, we've already got four flights, um, multiple trains. Um, I'm sure adding in uh, possibly a trip to Belgium as well in there. I'm sure Belfast and in with the mix would be even more frowned upon. But you know we're going on a mad European tour. But no, absolutely. Um, Cliftonville, Madrid to Belfast, some daft Aer Lingus flight for thirty quid. I I, I have looked. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> just in case. I'm trying to think of who's going to be doing the the route the draw for the next round, like Kevin Kyle or something. Kevin Kyle, if you're listening, <laughs> if we get through, give us Hamilton at home in the next round, and then then we'll take their away draws. Absolutely. Um, no, I sort of agree with the sentiments in the team. I think three or four changes maximum, and I agree. I think Williams is obviously going to come in through necessity. I would like to see Scott Robinson get a game. I thought he was really impressive when he came on. Um, Adeloy, I think, is under start. And I would imagine Gray would, would sit out. I don't think we'll change the shape if Adelaide comes in. And then I think Wes McDonald would be the last change for, for either Fitzpatrick or Lawless. That's really a coin and flip. But other than that, I think the, the team just needs to keep going as it is. I think there's some, some good partnerships being built up. I think we saw the, the best display of the McMillan-Lawless partnership on on Saturday. That was probably McMillan's best game of the season. Bannigan and Stanway, I'd like to see them keep their places they're building up a good relationship in midfield. I'd like to see James Lyon get get minutes. I'd like to see guys get minutes, but I think building up these relationships is important. Uh, Reese, I'll come to you for for your final thoughts on the game and a score prediction. Yeah, I know. Like we're just talking about sort of the, the cup draw misfortune that we have, and you almost roll your eyes when you see Queen of the South at home. Like even if that was in a way day, it would be a bit more exciting. But I know it is frustrating. We never really get one of the the fancy away days like you would say like uh, Linfield or whoever's in it this year type of thing but at the same to- in the same token thank god we've never been drawn against a B team like one of the under 21 sides because could you imagine Dundee B at Fur Hill at, at, I, I don't miss a game like it's just it's just part of your your everyday sort of every weekend like schedule you just go to the Fissile game and whatever happens in your weekend happens around the Fissile game I would struggle to be at 
Thistle versus Motherwell B or something. How can you get yourself up for that? I'm sorry, but these teams should not be in the cup. And I hope, I honestly, cho- I'm choking for them to get eliminated at the sort of the first point of call. And I'm, I'm glad the majority of them have. But if we ever draw one of them, then that will be a, a sad state of affairs. I'd hate to think of the attendance at that game. Yeah, that would be tough. Uh, a prediction for, for Saturday's game, Reese. We all predicted Thistle wins on, on Saturday there, but nobody predicted them 4-1, so we all just add a point onto our totals in the predictions table. Me and you still joint top? It's tough at the top. Some guys can't compete at that level. But um, in terms of the game, I don't know. I, I like to watch the sort of the roundup of the games in Queen of the South are neither here nor there this season. They seem to score quite a few, but they seem to, to leak a few at the at the other end. And Effie uh, uh, Ambrose plays for them now, so he's guaranteed a goal at either end. Uh, I'll say 3-1 Jags again. Uh, I predicted 3-1 last weekend. Uh, obviously, it was 3-1 the weekend before. Um, I'm, I'm going to say 3-1 this time. I'll go next thing because we, we are joint top, as we like to remind Jamie and David. I'll, I'll go 2-0, I think. It'll be a, I think if we... If we Name seven or eight starters from Saturday. I think it will be a sort of comfortable goal in each half, 2-0 win. I hope it will be anyway. Another goal for Adeloy, and I will say uh, Ben Stanway to go off the mark as well. Jamie, I'll come to you next. I'm going to join you, Matt, with 2-0 Fissel. I think it will be, a, I'm going to could be completely wrong with this, but fairly routine kind of game. I don't think it will be super exciting, but I don't think it will be a complete drag either. So, so, you know, first of all, we get the job done for the next round. David, are you going to jazz this section up with a, a wild prediction? No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of echoing Reese. I think it's going to be a 3-1, an absolute caper of a performance from F.A. Ambrose. Um, one, at each, one at each end, um, a routine win. Because Queen of the South, I mean, I looked, I looked them up. They've won two games so far this season, but it's been against 9th and 10th. They do leak a lot of goals. They had a really tough loss to Montrose as well um, last week. Like The wins that they're getting are against teams that are at the lower end of the league. They just don't seem to be the team that we played even like last season or the season before. They weren't very uh, good um, the last time we played them. But, I mean, Ali Roy, need I remind you, scored against us in the Challenge Cup um, in a, frankly, horrendous game. So, who knows? But I'm going to go 3-1 Jags, F.A. Ambrose, uh, to score a goal and an own goal. At least if if we do get beat, we've got an intro for next week's episode. Sorry, where David is going. Either teams at Queen of the South beat us, or the rubbish teams down near the bottom. Aye, David, you don't need to remind me about Queen of the South's three to defeat them in shows at the weekend. I've run a last man standing in my work, and this is the furthest I've ever got. Match day five, uh, Queen of the South, the pick at home to Montrose. Shocking, shocking. <laughs> I was in like the final six or seven as well. That's me away. Um, one last thing before we move on to Partridge Thistle. We had a chat in the group chat on, on Saturday night, which spilled on the Twitter about Brian Graham's Partridge Thistle legacy. How how good is he in, in comparison with some of the other legends? We are going to record a podcast later this week about the top 10 players to play for Partick Thistle this century. I think we've got a panel of four. We're all going to compile a top 10 and, and compare them. But getting involved in that chat on Twitter, I think it's really interesting to see, see these lists. So there is a tweet hanging about which has lots of replies with lots of different people's top tens so the more of them we see the the better it's a, it's a really interesting chat and uh, it's good that we've got so many players at the moment which i think are are in that discussion um, i don't think many clubs in, in the championship can say they've got three or four of their best players of this century playing for them right now which i think we do so enjoy it while it lasts 
sorry, Matt, just see just before we go into Partridge Fissile, I wanted to bring up a wee point. Um we've grown accustomed to the mountains and mountains of fan mail that we receive in draws or draw towers about various things, you know, David needs to go on more anecdotes, um, you know, Jamie needs to start referring to Kerr McEnroy by his proper pronunciation, that sort of thing, right? And that's par for the course, that's been the, the same for the last three and a half years here. However, over the last few weeks, months, we've had quite a lot of letters, a clamber, if you will, um, for the return of Pie of the Month. So we've spoken to our good pals at Pie Sports, um, who managed to sort us out, and we're now going to have an impromptu pie in a month section. Partick Thistle. Hello and welcome to the return of Pie of the Month, everyone's favourite segment. I'm uh, David Forrest and I'm joined here by a uh, pie enthusiast, uh, Matt Greer. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm absolutely thrilled to be introduced as a pie enthusiast. Anne Robinson didn't do that in Countdown, David, so thank you. <laughs> now, it, it's been a while since we've seen you since the last Pie of the Month, Matt, so um, you know, it's good to have you back on. This is in celebration of our Insect overlords at Pie Sports who have given us a pie of the month. What is the pie of the month this month? It's a steak and sausage pie, David. Steak and sausage pie. Interesting. It's because it, mostly it's just steak, isn't it? Putting the sausage through it is an interesting development. Um, so you're going to live t- taste this, an unboxing um, of the pie. Uh-huh. Uh, how are you feeling about it? Are you I'm feeling excited. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Pie Sports have kindly sent me a a box of these steak and sausage pies to try. They've also offered a a discount code for our listeners, which is DLD10. That's DLD10. So listeners can get 10% off their their online Pie Sports orders. I'm not going to lie, right? I am... I mean, this this podcast makes us no money and has actively cost me money over the last, like, three and a half years. However... I'm not. I'm sort of not not into advertising and stuff like that. You may notice we don't really do it. I'm, we're not going to be uh, advertising pube trimmers or anything anytime soon. But um, <laughs> I've always said I'd sell out for Burger King and only Burger King and maybe the Bell Rock. But I feel that you this is your Burger King. Just being given free pies every month as well as a pie discount code is a very much a. You're willing to put your you've got models, but you've also got a price and the yeah. price of pies. Yeah. Exactly. I th- I'd like this is before uh, Pie Sports sent me pies. Um, I do enjoy Pie Sports contributions at Furhill. I think the the permanent fixture of a of a kebab pie <laughs> is one of the best signings that Furhill has, has seen in recent years. I think everyone who's tried a kebab pie, I think, has enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm going to try this um, steak and sausage pie, David. As we say off off air, this is like ASMR for fat bastards. I'll take one bite of the pie into the mic, and then if, if you're not into that thing, which let's be honest, nobody is, um, I will I'll eat the rest. Uh, you on, you on gravely underestimate our perverted <laughs> audience. <laughs> right, so here goes a, a review of the steak and sausage pie. First thing I should say is, these pies, don't have a lunch right before you go to Farhal if you can eat one of these pies. They are huge. <laughs> You're going to have to go an hour earlier to the sheesh just to kind of exactly. let 
<laughs> sitting outside the sheesh at half ten in the morning asking if they'll <laughs> let me in. No, um, I'm, I, as you say, David, a pie enthusiast. I think the main thing you've got to talk about pies is, is ratios in terms of pastry, sauce and filling. So you've obviously got a sort of puff pastry going on here with gravy as your, your sort of sauce and steak and sausage meat. They've got the ratios bang on. If I don't know if we're going to introduce a, a rating system for pies. The, the kebab pie, I think, is, is the best pie going. That gets a 10 out of 10 for me. I'm going to give this steak and sausage a 9, David. It's, it, the, the sausage in it enhances an already good steak pie from good to excellent. The pastry, you'll get crunchy on the top. Uh, the gravy has softened the, the inner pastry. I, I don't really know how else to sort of do up a pie. I'm not like Gordon Ramsay. This is why I'm a Korean television has not has not taken off i'm not a, a master chef judge but nine uh, out of ten uh, <laughs> excellent thick cuts of meat gravy that's sort of infused into the pastry crispy pastry on the outside it's getting a nine for me david i'm 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 all in on the sort of uh, rick stein style travelogue of you going to like different places and trying the pie hey matt where are you going this weekend east fife um, I'm I'm up for it. Um, it's interesting because a lot of them have done the steak and black pudding recently, and um, so the steak and sausage is a bit more of a a left field sort of one. It seem it makes more sense because sausage is obviously more eaten than black pudding. I think you would say um, certainly in known rolls and stuff like that. But it, it makes sense. But um, it, oh, have, have you heard of the kebab pie? The name of the the kebab pie? Because um, I've not no. Uh, the Donna Doni, which I think oh. is a fantastic name for the pie. I should also clarify as well, people ask these sort of questions, do you have any sauce on your pie? If you're putting any sort of ketchup, mustard or brown sauce onto a steak pie, then you deserve jail time. Um, I'm happy to debate this online or in person. I, I don't do it on scotch pies, right? I, c- I can maybe see it on scotch pies, right? Personally, no. But if you do that on a steak pie, that's that's a war crime. I, th- um, I think... The whole thing with ketchup is is to enhance something, right? It's like you just go on like a shite, you know, uh, mass-produced Scotch pie out of, I don't know, like Ibrox or something like that. Um, I better check that Rangers don't use pie sports. <laughs> um, but like on a sort of mass, if you go to like Man United or something like that, you're getting some mass-produced catering pie. Um you're going to, you want a bit of enhancement on that, like a bad, it can turn a bad pie into a edible pie, but yeah, no, I, I get it, like it's... Absolutely. No. Right, we'll wrap this section up, David, because we've got, we've got great football to talk about, but if you are going to Fur Hill this month, it's a big recommend from, from this corner for the steak and sausage pie, and remember, you can get 10% off pie sports orders online using the discount code DLD10. Partick Thistle. Partick Thistle. We will finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. And it's a a nice easy question this week. Nobody had to ask for any explanations about what this meant. Uh, Partridge Thistle this week. What is your favourite prefix? David, I will start with you. Um. Yeah, I, I I struggle with this one. Um. I, I don't know. There, there's lots of there's lots of ways that you could go with this. Um. I was remem- reminded that there was um 
a band, a, a metal band called Mutant, who once had a song called Turbo Hyper Ultra Mega Force. <laughs> so I think Turbo Hyper Ultra Mega um, is probably mine. But I also enjoy, it's more of a suffix thing, but I enjoy things with like elements after them, so something gold or silver to kind of differentiate them. I quite like that. But no, Turbo Hyper Ultra Mega is... Uh, the best, but ultra overall, I think I'd go for. Oh, oh no, turbo, turbo. We're going turbo. Final answer. Turbo. turbo. Uh, thank you, Reese. You get any answers this week? I was looking forward to the vegetable question, but um, ah, <laughs> uh, favourite prefix. I don't know. There's, uh, there's, a, there's plenty to choose from. Um, I think jumbo's quite a good one in terms of jumbo jet, jumbo sausage. I don't know. Just, it's just funny. Uh, I had a, I had a, when I seen that question I went and had a look at them all and they are kind of good I think Auntie's a good one I think it just sounds cool like Anticlimax uh, which this answer probably is uh, Antichrist Antihero stuff like that I think Auntie's just quite a cool one but uh, it's nothing that I've really ever thought about but there, there's a whole lot of them let me tell you just by that Google search there's hundreds of, of prefixes maybe something you want to have a wee look at Jamie do you have a favourite of the, the many many prefixes I wouldn't say I've got an outstanding favourite, but one you see a lot is uh, Ultra. You get it in TV adverts all the time, like Ultra Fast Broadband, Ultra HD TVs. I feel it's quite a marketing prefix, that one. But I agree with Reese. What happened to the vegetable question, Matt? I was sitting here thinking Look. we had an easy one coming up, and then you ambushed us here with the prefix coming back. So sat the board. Right, first of all, thank you to Dave Dormley for submitting now weekly Partridge Thistle questions. I do have a, a list of Partridge Thistle questions and these are all on it. So Dave Dornley and anyone else who's got any questions that they think would fit this frankly absurd segment, please submit them because um, sometimes the well does run dry. I've asked this prefix question because at the moment I'm watching a show. I think it's on Disney. I think it was originally on Discovery and it's called Europe from Above and it's just each episode's looking at a, a different European country with sort of drone footage and high camera footage. So they're showing you sort of how the a year in each country goes along. And um, so it'll start with spring, summer, work its way through and it shows you what's happening with tourism, what's happened with sort of farming, what's happened with in, industry and engineering. And you get all these sort of engineering projects and they get into really technical terms about how many tons of steel there are, how many tons of cement there are all the sort of suspensions on bridges and after they've been really technical they'll just call it a mega bridge which uh, m- makes me chuckle uh, i know nobody listening is chuckling at that but uh, my favorite prefix would be mega and i think that's a very nice place to leave it this week so thank you we will be back on monday with a stuart bannigan special in his testimonial week and then we'll be back on thursday with our usual weekly stuff we're recording our top 10 thistle plus full-time podcast somewhere in between that so get in touch make sure you're following us on twitter instagram and facebook and in the meantime stay safe
going to look into Harry Mills' suspension and I'll say both outcomes now so David can pick the right one to include. Yeah, Harry Milne will be suspended on Saturday. Now, Harry Milne's available for Saturday, but won't be available for the air game. 